0: The Experts Podcast is powered by Media Stable. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to The Experts Podcast. Nick Hayes with you. Carmen Bravewood, good morning.
1: Hello, Nick Hayes. Good to talk Guess to you. Guess what a
0: time it is. It is a certain time of the year that we sit down and look at the landscape of media uh, the media report is out. It only came out about seven days ago, just on eight days ago. It's from MediaNet and we have their managing director with us, Ambrita Sidhu. Uh, welcome, Ambrita.
2: Thank you, Nick. Thank you, Carmen. Great to be back on the show. Great to be talking to you both again. It's uh, it's an exciting time for us.
0: Can you believe that 12 months has already flown and we're looking at a new report but a bigger focus On something that didn't pop up in the 2023 Media Landscape Report because it was taken just around the time that artificial intelligence, chat GPT, that little annoying uh, software behind the scenes that seems to be generating content and generating pretty good content. This has been the focus of the reports for 2024.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, those two kind of magic letters, AI, and look, aren't they dominating more than just our media and comms industry? They're dominating every industry. So it was really important and timely for us to make sure we had some really strong data around AI um, and what it means for um, the media and comms industry, and I'm sure we'll unpack that over the course of this conversation. So really strong data and some takeaways and some talking points for for everyone, because it is the thing dominating at the moment, you know, um, multiple industries. So we're really pleased to have been able to have that focus to the 2024 MediaNet report.
0: We're going to dive straight into it, aren't we, Calms? Because I think what we really want to focus on, and there was a key piece of data that came from the report that I do want to look at. 79% of journos are concerned about the effect, the effect on the integrity and the quality of journalism. And then there was another piece of data that said 74% of journalists hadn't even tried it. So... What's happening there, Amrita? Is it that we're just a little afraid of it with the perception of AI is going to be uh, devastating for journalism? Or is it just, it's just wary of the unknown?
2: Yeah, so I think a really great talking point to kick us off with and to help paint a bit of context about the quantum of um, those findings and um, the Media Landscape Report. So we anonymously surveyed close to 850 journalists in Australia, across a range of media, right? So that media was um, those that worked in print and digital journalism, radio, TV, podcasting, as well as people who would categorise themselves as freelancers. So that data you just started off talking about—that's a really good representation, in my opinion, of the media and the media and who's working in the media in Australia. So yes, you know we have got. Um, close to 80% of them um, being concerned, you know, fearful about the impact of AI on the integrity and quality of journalism. And yet, as you rightly said, not a lot of them using it um, actively in, in their work. My perception on that, my reading into you know, some of the other data that supports it is I do feel there is a degree of, um, as you said, Nick, fear of the unknown. But I also think that there's a whole sentiment and undertone through this report where journalists really want to be perceived as doing things for the public interest, Um, you know, that they are reporting accurately, fairly and balanced. And I think that we just don't know yet what the role AI will have on that and if it seems like it threatens the quality of public interest journalism, then I think newsrooms are holding it at an arm's length a bit, you know. So 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 that's my kind of take on on those two data points.
1: Yeah, a bit of defense of the role of journalism, you know, mm-hmm. having that that craft of critiquing the information and bringing it back out for the public interest I think is probably to be expected from journalists. It's weird though isn't it when you think 79% say they're worried about it and 74% say they haven't even used it in their work yet so how could they possibly really genuinely know what they're talking about?
2: Yeah it's um, it's a really good call out there Carmen and I think you've got to um, have more maybe a culture of experimentation in our newsrooms around AI or, or enable that culture of experimentation so we can work out um, where it is the best fit. And, you know, I encourage everyone to kind of have a have a read through the report. There are some really great quotes in there, um, all anonymous quotes from some of the media talking about how they're using it maybe as a research Tool right to unpack some data first, or you maybe using it uh, for some recommendations around headlines or things like that. So I think we've got to work out the right fit and the right role um, for AI and almost take control of that from the media perspective. But that means we've got to get our hands on the tool, right? We've got to get our hands dirty and work out which aspects off, um, you know, off it, it will help enable rather than, you know, this other kind of interesting data. And Nick, I think you, you, you may be asking um, about it in due course, but we then have 67% um, saying that they're concerned AI and large language model could potentially re- replace aspects of their job. Right, And what I want to yeah. know this time next year <laughs> is which aspects, rather than thinking of it as replacing aspects of the job, which aspects of their role has it actually enabled to, to be more effective or more efficient?
0: Oh, I love this chat. I love this chat. You know why I love it? Because, and to your point, you just raised there, and rated 12% of journalists, right. in your according to your report, have or know people that have lost their job or have lost work due to AI. So there is a percentage of people that are, and there is media that is prepared to use this because it is affordable. Uh, it's mm-hmm. a machine, it's driven, it's fast, it's quick. But I think this is where I what I love about journalism. And I know that uh, another part of the report looks at the primary role of journalists and what how they feel. They just want to report the news, uh, the news that is important, that they think that the people should and need to read. But I think that big question about whether a machine is generating the news or the content that they're reading, they're going to feel duped. They're going to feel as though this wasn't delivered to me by a human being. It's just a machine-driven uh, content spit out. And while the technology is still... Still, it's been around for a long time, but it's improving and getting better and better and better. And even just for the the use of it, and it's not just for journalism; it's for all industries out there that are finding ways how to use it. It's the big question: Should we be using it? Uh, why yeah. shouldn't we be using it? Because I know that from a media stable perspective, and I'll get to a question at some point here soon. Is that? Um, if we we why do we use it because we want to write personal content we need to make get information and content that reaches and fits the person at the other end the audience at the other end we don't want to feel like we're sold to is that is that is that is that fair to say
2: yeah look it absolutely is fair to say and you know you talked about the media stable perspective so interestingly enough the part of the media that is using ai the most Is in podcasting. Did you? um, I'm sure you both picked up on that, right? So 38% of those um, um, I don't have anyone working for the mem reader. They're
0: running on the smell of an oily rag. And and it's like, you know what? Sometimes you've got to reach out to to get as much help as you can.
2: Yeah, Um, and I think um, the other thing here is let's really challenge our understanding of the definition of AI. So you're right, Nick, you said right at the start, chat GPT and large language models and, and all of these things. But AI is also potentially say, arguably helping you transcribe this podcast, if you wanted to, if you were creating a video version of these podcasts, and you wanted to put captions against it, AI can help you do that, right? So let's really, to that fear point of yours, Carmen, as well, let's really challenge our definition of AI in the media, because it does encompass um, you know, a number of things. And I think that what we're keen to do at MediaNet, you know, as we go forward um, talking to our, our media contacts and our journos is continue to dive deeper into that so we can bring back to you, to your audience, more intel, you know, going going that next level. It's the way we no longer talk about social media. We'll talk about X mm-hmm. and this. So we've got to go beyond just talking about AI as a, as a single concept.
1: Yeah. Spot on. And reader. I think as I was listening to this conversation, the thing that came to mind for me was about 15 years ago when I turned to my bosses and said, oh, how about this social media thing? Do you reckon we need to be talking (laughs) about our radio shows?
0: It'll never take off. (laughs) take (laughs) off.
1: The last thing you want to be is the last one to adopt it you know and yeah. and it can become something that at the end of the day is a solution to mm. practical and commercial problems and one great example which has made news readers like myself quite nervous but it's a great solution is the ai chatbot being used for news a news bot mm. that is reading news bulletins on a melbourne radio station disrupt radio targeted at businesses and the bulletin Sounds horrid, to be fair. Oh, there's no other way to describe it. It's totally inhuman, but it's delivering bulletin. You know, there's there's news there's news in there. So and it's providing a solution to a new radio station. And yeah. as it gets better and better and better, it is going to provide a job. You know that that that. Yeah, it's going to do the job that normally a real human would have done for, you know, fifty to to $100,000 a year that radio stations no longer need to spend money on. So you can't view it as as something to be scared of. We've instead got to be the ones who go, okay, how are we going to get ahead around this and how are we going to be the ones who do it better than anybody mm. else? You mentioned, Nick, question, go for it.
0: No, no, I, I, I love that. I love that comes, but... It, but Amrita, if we go 12 months ahead now and look at this report for the 2025 report, do you think that there is going to be as much fear? Is it, is it going to be that worry or concern around AI or do you think we might have engaged it or um, interacted with it in a better way? Because let's face it, it's still pretty new in its current form and we're, also, we're always fearful of the unknown.
2: Yeah, I think that's a fear of an unknown is is a natural human, you know, instinct is is, is kind of natural human reaction. I would really um, like to, you know, be predicting that we have embraced it and we have worked out the right fit for it uh, within our industry and what it does enable and um, support us with. I think there's a role at the Business level of our media or organisations and our PR and com, comms organisations to enable and encourage that. Like I said, the culture of experimentation around it, and you know, getting people tooled up and trained and knowing what they're doing. And I think that's got to sit at the business and the leadership levels of, of organisations. I don't think we can expect our journo's on the ground or our newsrooms to really know how to do that without that kind of directive and you know, enablement. Um, at business level
0: and comes to your point around disruptor radio with those re- with with that kind of news reporting in an ai format um people are not they still want to hear from their tony tardios they still want to hear the human being telling them their news the ones that they trust you know the old saying brian naylor you know, you know, I trust Brian Naylor. Brian told me, Brian told me so. I know everything I need to know because Brian told me so. Okay, sorry for that. But yeah. it's that human being giving us that experience. I just don't think we're going to, as humans, take AI seriously at all.
1: No, at not all. not immediately, yeah, are we? You know, it's one of those things that... that I think like, like the way we've adopted social media, you know, that there'll be a, a reckoning. It'll all swing and roundabout. We'll go too far in one direction and then it'll all come back. And there's never been a greater time to do trust-building exercises in the market, like you say, like sticking a real person in there where there's a, a sea of AI-generated content. You know, that, that'll be really interesting. Um, so social media, there's been a pendulum swing on Twitter or X as it's known now for a long time. That was where the journos hung out. What's happened to Twitter use with journalists?
2: Yeah, so um, love um, talking about this, Carmen. So social media, right, Um, and I will broad brush it here, but social media as a um, source of content remains really, really important. It has been for the last few years but remains really, really important um, for journos. So um, in general, um, we've got 96% of the journalists that um, responded to our survey use social media in their professional work. So 96%. I mean, that's that's really, really close to that, to that magic hundred mark, right? Facebook continues to be the most commonly used platform by journalists, about 76%. And Twitter slash X has now dropped down to fourth on the list of social media platforms used professionally by journalists. So it now goes Facebook, Instagram. LinkedIn, and Twitter. So Twitter's dropped quite materially. It's decreased 11% year on year. TikTok continues to kind of meteoric rise, but hasn't broken into the top four yet. Um, so yeah, real shift away from, from Twitter and our, our respondents have told us that. And that, and that was the the that was the,
0: literally the home ground for journalists across the country. And in fact, globally, mm-hmm. um, it was one of the best places. Elon Musk stuffed it. Elon Musk stuffed it, not just by changing the name, but also to, mm-hmm. I guess, part of, we just didn't, we, we didn't know the owners really of Twitter. We just naturally just saw this as our product. But Elon Musk put a number on it and then took over and owned it. And it just feels like a place, it feels dirty now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I guess, and Rita, you I know that the report goes into threads and it didn't, threads didn't really even make an impact at all. Um, you know, it did try, but... No one's really looking at that. Um, Facebook always fascinates me, though, as as one of the top platforms. Is it just because journalists are and have a Facebook page? Um, Is it because they commonly have used it, they know how to use it? Because it, it just doesn't seem to me. I've always said Facebook is a place for friends and family to see pics of me in Europe holidaying and having a margarita somewhere. No, you like a margarita, Amrita. I love the margarita, thank you. Yes, yeah. Let's do margaritas, Amrita. uh, Let's do margaritas next podcast. But, you know, is is seriously Facebook still that source? Is it, that's where they're finding news stories, they're finding connections?
2: They absolutely are. And, you know, I think it's a really good, um, opportunity to introduce another data point from um, the media landscape report. So, seventy-three percent of journalists, right, are using social media as a story source. So they're not there just friends and family. They are actively on those platforms looking for content, right? And it brings it back to things that I know the three of us are quite passionate about. About us as PR and communicators being on social media to build those relationships and build those profiles with those journals because they are actively using it as a source for content. Um, so we've got to meet them on that platform as well. So it's more than friends and family. Yeah, that's, that's Yeah, and I
1: think that it speaks to the fact that this is broadcasting, right, Journalists are making a product for a very wide, disparate audience of everyday people. They definitely do not want to go too niche with their content. So you find the more broad content, the stuff that appeals to a massive audience on Facebook where those people, everyday people hang out. You ask my mum and dad down the street uh, when they're doing their grocery shop or they're popping into the news agency to get a of ticket whether they've looked at Twitter today. A lot of them, they won't even know what it is. And You mentioned it. Threads before. They don't know what Threads is. So if you want to make content for the news bulletin tonight that my mum and dad are watching and that's your target audience, your retirees sitting around watching the news on a Friday night, if you want to make content that appeals to them, you go to the Community Connect page, the Notice Board, the Neighbourhood Watch. You go to those places where retirees who've got a lot of time on their hands, will sit down and go, someone just sped up my road on a dirt bike. Are they even allowed to do that? Are they licensed? That's your story for tonight. And that's why journalists are hanging out on Facebook. And it will last and last and last until older people who watch TV shows choose to hang out and, you know, post their content somewhere else. I don't know. Have have you got any ideas what that will be? (laughs) That's one that crystal
2: ball I'm not um I'm not uh confident enough to make a prediction on or anything like that. Um, Nick, your take on that one? Well, I just want to say that
0: Carmen was very good at that complaint there. It sounds yeah. like she's done one or two of those before. <laughs> I'm not yeah, sure. I'm turning I, into that person. <laughs> I, I, I think that does go to our next point around media as generally to, to its audience and to the audience numbers. And and one of the one of the data points that did come out is that 66% of journalists felt they were underpaid. Now, we do know that mainstream media is under significant pressure for the fact that the advertising dollar has completely almost disappeared uh, from there. And uh, I've just got here nine... Has announced 21 percent drop in profits. Uh, ARN Media has also seen a massive decline in their money in their in their advertising, but a big rise in their digital. Mm. Um, it's going to be difficult, isn't it, Amrita? If we're asking journalists, are saying sixty six percent of them feel like they're underpaid, but there's just not the money in the pool anymore. Um, yeah. What's yeah. the challenges? Where are they heading? Where are they going? Is are they heading over to PR?
2: Yeah. So look, I mean, you're spot on here. Um, And in addition to that 66% that were feeling underpaid, 43% said money was their greatest challenge when we asked them about challenges when it comes to employment and work conditions. So that's significantly higher than last year's report where it was 32% that mentioned money as the biggest challenge. Now, money has consistently been... Um, the biggest challenge the last three, four years, and it's been on the rise, and this is the highest, you know, percentage that we've had of our respondents saying that that's, that's becoming, you know, really a material challenge and an obstacle to what they do. So, yes, you know, you you point out there, Nick, very rightly so around the business performance of media organisations and, you know, how that flows through um, as an impact to our journos and those on, on the ground. Um, and, you know, I think it's a real it is an absolute real challenge um, for this industry. And, look, don't get me wrong, there could be people from outside of this industry listening to this conversation and saying, well, it's the same in ours, you know. It's like cost of being, living crisis, like, we're all hurting. Crisis, you know, all of that, but it's undeniable that, yes, those in the PR and comms side of this equation versus those in the news media, the PR and comms, do get paid more, our data shows that they get paid more, you know, by about 30%. So those that do leave journalism, you know, there is a high likelihood that for better pay and arguably better work and lifestyle balance, they make that shift in, into PR and communications.
0: My dad always said you get what you pay for. And uh, look, that, that's my fear for the industry as a whole is that, you um, we're not attracting or it won't necessarily attract the right people or the the good people. And, um, that, that is a challenge for the industry. I think that they, they need to find other sources of way. And, you know, look, I think in many ways media was a little slow to diversify or at least capture the digital space. Um, but I think they are catching up now. I I, I seem to see all my Mm. free to air seems to have a digital platform and Mm, a recall opportunity that's there. Um, and you know, what? let's talk about the media release. It's something that you're very good at. It's something that you do. Um, journos are still, they're still reading them, aren't they?
2: Yeah, they really are. Um, let's talk, yeah, so let's talk about the top sources um, for journos um, when it comes to stories, finding stories, researching your stories. So, yes, press releases up there is number two. So you've got 80% of journos um, using it actively as a story source. Number one is professional industry contacts, experts. So I, I thought
0: you were going to say number one is media stable. I, I,
2: <laughs> I, <laughs> well, <I> thought... <laughs> media stable does experts. So, you know, not, not, not too hard to finish the sentence off that way. But yeah, I mean, you know, those um, two things have remained the top two sources for a number of years now. Industry contacts, professional contacts, experts, number one, and the press release, number two. So these are trusted, reliable, credible sources of information. I think that that's really important. So I'm going to say it again. Trusted, reliable, credible sources of information the media can rely on. Now, just remember how much they want to be perceived as doing the right thing for public interest journalism and informing the public. So... I love this. I love this data. It's very strong for me.
1: And Rita, from within your world at MediaNet, when you are putting together a press release or a media release, has anything changed in your approach? Yeah,
2: so I I wouldn't know that it's so much that it's changed, but we always continuously try and remind our clients, the PR, comms um, people we work with, the importance of... Um, you know, the way you structure a press release, making sure there's strong visuals and multimedia attached, right? That's really important. Make it easy for the journal to understand, get to the point of the story, include some bullet points, um, you know, early up so, so they can understand. And then, of course, you know, and I've been to many a meet the media event where um, the lovely panel that gets put together of um, journos will say make the headline punchy I'm reading the first or make your email subject punchy because I'm reading that and a couple of sentences and I'm judging you really quickly on on that story so um, I think the art of the press release remains really important I don't think the fundamental principles have changed too much I just Continuously remind our clients about what those principles are.
1: Yeah, I love
2: yeah that. that's, that's how included. we can
1: use the AI, right? You can use AI to generate a catchy headline that belongs on the front page of a paper or the top of a news bulletin, and now, choose, you know, get AI out, to write ten of them.
0: Now, wash your mouth out, <laughs> Calvin. It's a good idea. It's idea. Now, creative. you've got to be very. I know it's, it, it is a good idea, and you know what? This is why I want to embrace AI in in the idea mm. generator, but not necessarily yeah. in delivering of content because mm. I tell you what we can smell it we've even got software now that we can we can actually work out which has been generated by a machine and which has been generated by a human being and it's not difficult you're even mm. your human barometer can work that out there is lack of empathy there's a lack of real humanness about it I think I just made up a word humanness but is it good but the challenge, I, I, I don't want to see AI generated. I want to see short snippets. And I think, you know, Amrita, you're, you're spot on with any of the delivery of content, and we've worked out very quickly that these underpaid journalists who are a little bit cranky, who still have an appetite and desire to be delivering public journalism, journalism that of need, um, want it short and sharp. And if we can do that, and it's a big lesson for everyone, keep it short and sharp, you will win
2: yeah absolutely um and you know i think that um the role of um media it's like it just remains paramount and i really really love that that sentiments come through our report that um they really want to make sure that um people understand people reading the report reading the data understand that that importance of that role not just in Um, informing the public but in the creativity and the art of journalism is is there and I think we have a real um, you know like I said a really great sense of that coming through in in the report and its findings.
0: Now we've just got over four and a half minutes to work through any anything else that you want to raise that came from the report Amrita that uh, you want to bring to light?
2: yeah look I think um we've talked about you know a, a number of the key findings there's probably just um, one more that you know might be worth um, might be worth um, touching on and I, I want to um just come back to um, that Point around um, the perception of journalism, because I've said that a few times, and um, I thought just some supporting data could be quite helpful. So we said um, 80% of our respondents said that their mo- main motivation to report on stories is informing the public, and 95% of journalists say that they never lied. Um, to a source to get information, and I just wanted to raise those two data points um, under that kind of perception of journalism aspect because I think it's really important for um, us to know that and, and to recognise that, and for us to know when communicating with the media and when trying to build relationships with them, that they do have this mm-hmm. perception aspect, and we can use that, we can work with that. You know, we can we can make sure that we do provide them credible, trusted, reliable information, um, so that they. Can fulfil this kind of um, ethos that they have around reporting and, and their value systems and what they want to be achieving. I love what you're doing there, Amrita, yeah.
0: because the, one of the things that I guess that and and comes we've we've seen it, we've we've heard that the the way that people throw barbs at Sky News, the, the way that the ABC is perceived um, as a lefty uh, platform. Um, we seem to th- we seem to throw names around and try to hurt the very platforms that are de- delivering us this content. But the journalists that are working within are just trying to deliver uh, news and content uh, through the four pillars of journalism, um, some doing it with four, the full four, not just three or two. Um, they're really going for it. But, you know, Comes, we throw them at them, don't we? We we seem to have it, we're very critical of it, but yet they're so important. They're so it, it's part of, of getting the, the media that we need.
1: Yeah, it's an integral role. And I'd I'd hate to think that the future will be that we need to fund it publicly, you know, that we need to act to keep journalism alive, that oh, we right. need to all, you know, donate to the cause. I hope that the pendulum will swing with these big media column owners of, of media and we can get to the stage where they're profitable again and we're, we're providing lots of jobs for great scrutineers of the public record in the terms of, of broadcasters and journalists who are, who are going to make this content. But, yeah, it's only natural to experience a bit of distrust of journalists when we see things like what happened to the Woolworth CEO last week. You think, oh, you know, we're worried about being caught out in a gotcha moment. We only talked about this on the last episode of the, of the podcast. You know, if, if we know that it, I think you said 95% of journalists have never lied to their source, that's an important thing to know, that if, if you hear something uh, from a journalist during an interview or before an interview or whether you're on the record or not, they, they're going to be straight with you. You know, their mm. integrity is a very important part of their job so hopefully the future is bright for journalists and those people that you will continue to survey in this media net state of uh, landscape me, media landscape report uh will continue to have jobs and be able to give you this data because it's it's really interesting every year yeah
2: thank you Carmen
0: well done. well done. Really great uh, work there. I, I, I love this report. It's, it's a report that public relations companies, the journalists themselves read, uh, but anyone who has an active interest in actually putting themselves out or sending or communicating, know who you're communicating with. Understand who you are talking to. What are their pain points? It's like what you would do in business. It's when you're trying to win a new client. It's, you know, understand who they are so that you can best communicate with them. But the number one thing, understand their audience. And while there might be diminishing Mm. audiences, not so much diminishing audiences, diminishing advertising spend, advertisers wake Mm. up, smell the coffee, you've still got a proper market there that you can be delivering to. Um, you know, there are pressures there. So understand how they work. Yeah. And Rita, always a pleasure to have you on. I can't leave, let you leave without also to letting everyone know that MediaNet is uh, the partner of Meet the Media for Melbourne and Sydney. Uh, looking forward to your partnership again. It's a great partnership. And uh, we thank you for your support.
2: Thank you, Nick. It's an absolute privilege—a um, privilege to be chatting to you both today, but privilege to have that um, partnership with you. I love—I love those events, and I just love hearing um, what um, the media have to say at those events. And you know, I know I certainly use that a lot internally when I talk to my team, as well as my um, my clients and and my partners. And look, you know, I'd love everyone to kind of get their hands on on this report and um, you know, star it and get in touch if they have any questions. We've also created a PR guide out of it, so. that's really for those who are like okay there's great information but what does that mean mean for me as a pr and comms professional there is also you know a guide you can download that just encapsulates it and breaks it down into the things that you need to know to know your audience nick exactly to your point and to build those effective media relationships
0: and where do they find that amrita
2: that's also on our website so just medianet.com dot au you don't need to enter any details or anything you can just download it it's free and i'd say go for broke yeah
0: you don't have to give your firstborn. you don't have to give all your your license license numbers
2: (laughs) no but my ai bot is Collecting all of that information. <laughs> it's not, well it's not, I promise. That's just a joke. <laughs>
0: that just scared everyone off. Well done. Uh, get to MediaNet, get, jump on the website. It's great. Some great resources there and uh, yeah. you're going to improve your communications. Well, and another great one. Um, it's uh, it, it does just just that little bit of data, that little bit of extra knowledge just gives you that mm. little extra step, that little extra edge.
1: Yeah, a little, little bit of know-how, a bit of insight and always helps and it's great to watch those trends changing year in, year out. Looking forward to seeing how much AI is being implemented in media companies next year.
0: It'll be an interesting report. The 2025 report will be coming out in 12 months' time. I hope we see you well before then, Amrita.
2: Likewise, likewise. Good work.
0: And thank you for listening, everyone. Um, We look forward to having your company when we talk to another expert or another media next week. You've been listening to the Experts Podcast, powered by Media Stable. If you'd like to get in contact with the team, head to mediastable.com.au.